we are talking about having an abundant life. And so John 10 verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The Christmas life is a life that is not only full of peace, but full of hope, but full of peace. At times the commercialized Christmas life can feel like it's robbing us of peace. How many people have had that moment this week already? Let me tell you about my moment. I was actually working on this sermon and I thought, okay, it's been a long while. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go out. I'm gonna get a Christmas drink from Starbucks. Treat myself. It's the end of the week. I'm gonna go out and do this. And so I just, I'm all happy working on my message, but I'm like, I'm just gonna take a little break. Go get something nice and cozy in a red cup and it'll make me feel good and it'll be nice. So I thought, I'll jump in my car, I get in my car, I go just down the street, which is never good for my budget to have a Starbucks just down the street. So I go just down the street from the church and I get a, um, a Starbucks drink, but before I get there, I first get into the driveway and someone tries to back out right in front of me. I have to actually lay on my horn to stop them from hitting my car. Then I go to turn into the driveway and then somebody else is also in my way for the lineup. So I go around them, get in through the lineup, get, decide uh, that there's too much of a lineup so I'm gonna go inside. So I go inside, get my Starbucks. It's not really the end of the world. I know this is sounding petty right now, but stay with me. So then we come out, I come out, I go to turn right so that I can come out at the lights and that'll be much easier for turning left on Lansdowne. Somebody say amen. And so, then I instead find a lady about to turn this way who's blocking so I can't even turn right. So instead of waiting for her, I'm like, forget it, I'll just turn left. I turn left, at which time somebody else starts to back out and almost hits me and I have to hit my horn the second time in one parking lot. This is, no, this is not peace. <laughs> and so I turn left which then leads me to turning left on the Lansdowne, which takes another 10 minutes out of my day. Peace. Christmas, even the warm, fuzzy moments of Christmas that you go for, or aim for, or drive out to go get, those moments sometimes rob you of peace. But the Christmas life is full of peace. Isn't it? The Christmas life on its own from a worldly perspective isn't always a life full of peace, but left unchecked, it's more than capable of robbing us of peace. And so today, if you feel like you're being robbed of peace this Christmas, we're gonna take it back, okay? We're gonna embrace peace today, a peace that is, surpasses all understanding, a peace that's deeper than a warm cup of coffee, a, a peace that's more than the fuzzy, feeling you get when a candle's lit. Part of that robbing of peace is the busyness that we get into at this time of year. It's the pressure of also meeting people's expectations. That's difficult when you're checking off that list. Including your own list of expectations of what you wanna see accomplished during Christmas season. The Christmas life as a believer in Christ should be a life full of peace. 
And perhaps today, if you're struggling, not just about experiencing peace at Christmas, but at different seasons of life, may I encourage you today that we can have peace in Christ. We can have peace. So I have three simple things of why we can have peace this morning. The first thing is we can have peace because Christ's peace is transcendent. The word transcendent in dictionary says beyond or above the range of normal or merely physical human experience. It surpasses the ordinary, it's exceptional. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, do not, someone says do not, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. May I suggest something? May I suggest that it's possible that our misplaced expectations of God himself sometimes robs us of the peace of God. Let me explain. The ex expectation that life is supposed to be safe and easy as a believer, that can rob us of our peace in God. The expectation that God is somehow kind of like a holy Santa Claus where he just meets all of our expectations and our, our list of wishes, of wants. If I'm good, God will give me exactly what I ask for in life. And that mentality robs us of peace, and here's why. Because when we don't get all we ask for, then we assume that he's put us on the naughty list. That's what that means. God has not answered that prayer request, so he's obviously not happy with me. And we get this idea, this mentality of our expectation of God that something that, that truly isn't from God or of God. It robs us of peace because when we don't get all we ask for, we feel like we don't measure up. In the Romans 5 passage, it says this in verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. It's the understanding of the depths of of, of the depths of our salvation that we find peace in understanding truly what we have, that we have now favor with God, that we have been justified not by our own actions, but by faith that we are made right before the Lord. And we see in scripture, the New Testament church certainly didn't demand safety or freedom in their life either. Their expectations were, were different than yours and, I, and ours. Not only so, Verse three says, but we also glory in our sufferings, Romans says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So if our experiences of a Christian life is a life with no suffering, if that's what our expectations are, then we're probably mistaken. Suffering is a part of living in a broken and sinful world. However, God is working in us for his greater purposes 
these greater purposes, no matter the suffering that comes our way. That's why when we pray, we can have this peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of it. The Christian life is a life of peace because it's a peace that's transcendent. It surpasses the ordinary experiences of life. Christ's peace is transcendent. Secondly, Christ's peace is timely. This, this came over and over in my mind this week. In fact, my whole message is gonna come right out of this, this passage in Luke that we're gonna go to, but Christ's peace is timely. May you know today that the Lord is not late in bringing you peace. Luke chapter two, we read some of it today at the, at the Advent reading, but at the beginning in verse one it says, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. This is the time and place when Jesus was about to come into the world. In those days, I'm blown away by the truth that at just the right time, Jesus came. There's this passage, Galatians 4, verse 4, that says, but when the set time had come, fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. God is a timely God. Christy McClellan, in Rediscovering Israel, which by the way is a great book that some people in our congregation are reading and they told me about it, and so I, I picked it up and I've been reading it. Anyways, it's called Rediscovering Israel. And she says the combination of Roman peace at the time, in those days, a shared language that had happened within culture, Roman roads and synagogues that had been built. It set the stage for the arrival of the promised rescuer. It was the perfect time, did you know, for Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to be born. Born into a world, into a time and a place when all the nations were coming through its corridor. A time when the good news, the peace of the message of peace on earth could be delivered, not just to the, uh, the descendants, excuse me, of Abraham, but to the descendants of Abraham through faith that would come from every nation. We serve a calculated and timely God. Amen? If not one hair on your head falls without him knowing it, then you know that he's a good detailer. And he'll bring peace in a timely fashion. Sometimes we have to wait, and that's when we're called to prayer. But it's in prayer that he will meet us with a peace that surpasses all understanding because his timing is perfect. In my experience, we can't exactly plan for peace. We can't fabricate it, although, fabricate it, although we try, and we can become more peaceful and aware for sure, of our surroundings, uh, kind of center ourselves, get ourselves in a, in, a, in a posture, be able to receive from God. But godly peace, it lands like a dove. It lands like a dove on our shoulder when we most need to hear the Father saying, I see you, son. I see you, child. 
and you are in Christ and therefore I am well pleased. This is the peace that God promises. It's timely peace. It's a timely peace. Uh, recently we were waiting in a waiting room and I don't know if you've ever waited in a waiting room before. Man, you get a lot of people watching time in, don't you? <laughs> Just watching people, going back and forth. What, what I didn't realize about this waiting room, which was very frustrating at the time, was the waiting room then led to another waiting room. Come on. Who does that to people and thinks it's okay? You, they call your name and you get up and then you go to another waiting room. And you wait some more and then you're like, am I really going to get to see the person I've come to see? And then they put you in a room and then you what? You wait. <laughs> Trust his timing if the Lord has taken you from one season of waiting into another season of waiting. It's okay. He's got you. He's with you. There's something new you can wait. There's things that you can appreciate in each of those seasons of waiting, but trust him because he's a God whose peace is timely. I love the passage, and it just keeps going over and over in my head. Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse seven goes on to say, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The scripture, it came when the kingdom of Judah was facing the threat of Assyrian Empire. It was the 8th century BC. The hope was that a future king would be born, which could have been, in that case, Ahaz's king, Ahaz's son, Hezekiah. But guess what? His reign ended. And we serve a God who is a child who was born, our wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting father, our prince of peace, and his peace will have no end. And his kingdom will last forever. His timing is perfect. Luke 2, the passage that we're reading from today in verse 4, it says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. His timing his peace, it's transcendent. His peace, it's timely. But his peace is also very uncomplicated. For unto us a child is born. The time came for the baby Jesus to be born. 
You know, every year when we're putting up decorations, and this year's been different because the boxes are in different spots in the house. <laughs> Just like, where is that box? I know where it is in the old house. <laughs> but every year we took out, take out the decorations and there's this big question that looms as we begin to take out the lights. How many people know what I'm talking about? You know. Do the lights all work? Did we throw out lights last year? And if we did, did we replace them? And I don't know. This year we, we were good. We were good. But every other year I'm convinced that we take them out and we forget. They're tangled mess and we kind of pull them all apart and we take them out and we forget that some of the lights went out and some of them had to be replaced. And maybe you're here at another Christmas and it's been more than a few Christmases where things have been kind of messed up. Where the loved one was taken before their time. Where you're grieving over a season that's no longer, no longer exists. Grief, it has a way of sneaking up on you, especially during the seasons. And it's messy, and you forget how it hurts. Jesus is here to offer you peace again. You might get caught off guard by the grief or memories, but with it can follow his peace John 14, 27, it was Jesus himself while he's explaining to his disciples that, I mean, they've been having this great time together. They've been walking life, doing journey of life together. It's Jesus and his friends and they're, they're together. And he's talking about his kingdom coming and he's just been sharing so much with them. They've been empowered to do so many things they never thought was possible. People were, were, who were blind can now see. People who were lame can now walk. And they're feeding thousands of people and they're seeing lives change before their eyes. And now he's telling them that he's got to go. He's leaving. And they're hurt and they're questioning and they're wondering why. And Jesus says these words, and he says it to you and I today too. Peace, he says, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Hmm. Those words are timeless, aren't they? When Jesus spoke his words, it was, it was like a parent bringing calm to an uncertain heart in their child sitting there. It was as if he was speaking to them, even out of the Father's love. It's much like I would expect he heard from his own mother, even around that manger in that stall, where she spoke words over him Picture it with me, Luke 2, 6. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. It's this picture of the manger scene. 
The turn of events wasn't exactly what his mother Mary probably expected either. That she was going to have a baby where animals hang out? In a, a lowly stable? Not at home? Not surrounded by a community of women and friends who would help? No, she would be there giving birth to the Son of God. She found herself in a moment of both uncertainty, unfamiliarity, perhaps a lot of fear. But suddenly it shift, shifted to being on sacred ground, holy ground. That same experience is here for you and I today. We can go from being experiencing disappointment, uh, being in an un unexpected situations where we can be wondering why this has happened or, or why doesn't it look the way I thought it would look. And Jesus can come into the moment and bring us new peace. Turn the lowly stable into sacred ground in our hearts. This was the place where God had led Mary and Joseph. This is where the Christ child would be born. And there was peace. There was pain. But what birthing process doesn't include a little pain? There was uncomplicated, unexpected peace in that place. And you may not have expected it, but he's here to offer you peace today. Maybe you thought, I'm good, I don't need, I don't need peace, I'm, I'm holding it together, I, I can figure this out. You can just let your guard down today in the presence of God and church family because God wants to give you supernatural peace. Is the Christmas life a life full of peace? I believe it, it can be. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Would you stand with us for a moment? I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up. We wanted to leave room in the service today for you to truly experience the transcendent peace of God in your life. We're gonna sing a song together and take some time to worship. But after we've done so, we're gonna invite those who have experienced a, a, a pain and a loss in your life in the last few years to come up first to be able to put an ornament on our peace tree. But today we, we talked about how important it is to be in the family of God during this season and that no one should feel alone. So this is what those of you who are not necessarily experiencing grief today, this is what, what you have to do. This is your role. I want you to be praying for those people that you see come up and put an ornament on a tree. I want you to thank God for them and I want you to pray that they will be experiencing God's peace in just a real supernatural way today. Because this is church family. And as we learned when we talked about the body of Christ, when one part 
is, is suffering, the whole part suffers. And so we purposefully set aside time today to allow those who are struggling to keep peace, to retain the peace of God in their heart during a time when there's so much pain or disappointment or reminders of what used to be but are no more. We want to set a time apart so that those who are grieving or struggling or are reminded again of the loss they have, that the peace of God would come and surround them, not only supernaturally, but also physically and emotionally by the body of Christ being, holding them up in support. I believe that's something we can do today. And perhaps today you're thinking, this message is important to those who have lost someone, but to me it's important because I'm just struggling to experience God's peace. May I kindly and gently, may I kindly and gently remind you that our expectations of God must be rooted in God and understanding that his ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than ours, but he's so loving and he's so kind that he meets us where we're at until we get a bigger perspective of what he's doing. And he wants to bring you peace today as well. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you love us, God. Thank you so much, God, that you are a God of peace. You are the Prince of Peace. And so Jesus, first and foremost, we remind ourselves that our peace comes by having faith in God, that we are made at peace with God. And therefore, we have the favor of the Lord on our lives. I pray you'd remind your body, of, your body today, God, of that truth, that we have the favor of God all over us. May we feel the strength that comes with that today. But God, you also spoke really important words to your disciples, your followers, in a time when they were confused or they were struggling, God, you said, my peace I leave with you. My peace is not like the world gives peace. God, we pray for not a warm, fuzzy feeling. We pray instead that the supernatural peace of God would flow through this place today so that lives can be healed, so that bitterness can be melted, so that uh, encouragement can come up like a well within us because the Spirit of God dwells within us. So Holy Spirit, would you you flow through this place I pray would you bring your peace supernaturally may it be tangible to everyone in this room God and may it change the way we look not just at the Christmas life but at the Christian life the life that is meant to be abundantly full of the life that's within us because of Jesus and we pray this all in the powerful, eternal name of Jesus. Amen.